the Relay for Life began in the United States in May of 1985 when colorectal surgeon Dr. Gordy Klatt wanted to raise awareness uh, of cancer and boost the income to his local cancer charity. He spent a grueling 24 hours circulating a track in Tacoma, Washington and raised over $27,000 showing that one person truly can make a difference. Well, in that, uh, it's grown. Praise the Lord. Miss Nancy, I want to tell you, you've done a wonderful job. And listen, I know, yes. And Miss Nancy gets nervous when she's got to get up here, but I'm going to tell you what, she always does such a good job. But I'm going to tell you what, that's a testimony. The fact that she is scared, and yet she still does it. Amen, and I want to thank you for that and just your hard work and dedication, Jeff, for your hard work and all that you do and have done uh, to help her. Well, it's grown, and it's become the largest fundraising event for cancer in the world, for research, for helping those that have cancer. It's celebrated by more than 4 million people in over 20 countries. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter number 5. Um, of course, most of you know I love to tell stories. Sometimes my stories can get me in trouble. Uh, but I just love to tell them, and I love to hear somebody tell them that can tell a good story. And Jesus was an amazing storyteller, was he not? I, I mean, that's, in, in some ways, his main teaching tool that he used. Mark, chapter number 5. Well, there was a story about a, a man named Chris and his family took him out one night to, to treat him to a meal and uh, sometime during that he got up and went to the bathroom and uh, while he was there another man came in the bathroom and the man was obviously distraught and he had tears coming down his face and uh, Chris asked him you know what was going on uh, what was wrong and the man told him uh, his story here's what he said he said uh, he was there with his relatives, and they were celebrating his retirement. Uh, but what they didn't know is that he'd been diagnosed uh, earlier that day, told by his doctor earlier that day that he had a cancerous mass, and it was in, in an advanced stage, and that he probably had less than three months to live. Uh, now the man was there for a celebration with his family, and he was struggling. How do I tell them this news? This family out in the restaurant who had come to celebrate a happy occasion in his life, how do I tell them that I'm about to die? What do you tell somebody like that? What do you tell someone who's got or facing tragic uh, uh, news like that? Uh, both of my grandmas on my dad's side and my mom's side, um, was they were both diagnosed with lung cancer. Um, aggressive treatment. Treatments hadn't come quite as far then, uh, but both of them passed away with the cancer. All of my grandma's brothers and sisters passed away with lung cancer. Just Thursday, I found out that my mama's brother uh, was diagnosed Wednesday uh, with advanced lung cancer. Uh, what do you tell somebody? in a situation like that. Well, I open up my Bible and I go to Mark chapter number 5, and I want to read you that this morning, church. 
Mark chapter number 5, beginning at verse number 24, I want to read you a passage, a story, that something happened to, a Jesus, to Jesus, but also a woman that he met. Verse number 24, Mark chapter number 5, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, uh, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Um, now I don't know if the result of this, or if this lady's condition was the result of cancer. They didn't have the medical knowledge or the medical technology or the medical understanding that we um, have today. But here's what I want to get you and, and want you to see, church. We're here today and we're gathered and we're having a service of hope. And it's for the American Cancer Society, the Relay for Life, as they raise money uh, to, to fight this thing called cancer, to, to battle this thing called cancer. And, and you saw people come up and, and stand in front of you who have battled cancer, who are currently battling cancer. But I want to tell you something. We've got this thing in this world that we live in, and it's a disease. And it's a disease called sin. Now, why do I call sin a disease? Well, the, uh, the Bible tells me uh, that Adam sinned in the garden, and since that time, that thing called sin has been passed from generation to generation to generation. And this thing called sin, the Bible also goes on and tells me that it ends up in death. It ends up destroying us, and we have nothing to do with that. We were born in that. It's the curse of Adam's sin, sin in the garden. So that's why I call it a disease. And every one of us battles that disease called sin. Sometimes it manifests itself in, in cancer. Sometimes it manifests itself in broken relationships. Sometimes it manifests itself in war and, and people slaughtering each other. But the fact of the matter is that sin brings about death and it's something that each one of us has to battle and has to fight. So while we're talking about cancer this morning, and we want to raise awareness of this thing called cancer as we gather here today. What I want you to get is the big picture that each of us are battling something this morning. I have a personal battle going on in my life right now and that battle is caused by sin. I'm going to tell you what, people can get themselves in such a situation that they'll not only harm themselves but they'll harm other people around them and that thing will spread like a cancer till it infects generations of maybe even people that are not 
born. Every one of us are facing something like that in our lives right now. And the reason so many of us have to keep battling that thing and have to keep facing that thing is because we're too full of pride, we're too care what, uh, we care too much what somebody else might think, and because of that, we hold on to that thing, we hide that thing, we put it in the closet, we shut the door, hope nobody sees it, we try to forget about it, but yet that monkey's still on our back. Well, we got an example of a woman this morning that we read in the Bible. She had a problem. She had this issue. And, hey, listen, she didn't care who saw. She didn't care what it took. She wasn't going to put that thing in a closet and try to hide it. She said, I'm going to go to the one that can do something for me. And she went to Jesus. So what's my challenge to you this morning? Well, the altar's open. It'll be open from now until the end of this service. You may have a monkey on your back this morning. You may be battling cancer. Listen, Jesus is here. And he wants you to come to him like this woman did in faith. But you may be battling something else. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's some other disease of the physical ailment of the body that you just don't know what's going to happen. I want to tell you something this morning. Why, oh why would we stand and stay where we are? Why not follow the example of this woman and come to Jesus and let him handle that thing? Now he's promised us eternal life, has he not? Well, if he's promised us eternal life, then we have nothing to fear. I want to share with you this morning. I hope this is encouraging to you. And I'm going to use the, the word cancer. I'm going to use that word this morning. But you replace it with whatever's going on in your life that you need help from Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now, it will fit this morning. I want to share just two things with you this morning. Some things that cancer can do and some things that cancer cannot do. We get all of them right here from this story. Things that it can and things that it can't. I want to share with you the cans of cancer this morning, disease this morning, uh, the, the sickness of sin this morning. Cancer can disturb your time. Look what the Bible says here in verse number 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. 12 years right there in verse 25. Most health issues we deal with don't last 12 years, but this one did. A cold last a few days. I had this thing going around here not long. It took me a week or so to get over that. But this woman had been dealing with this thing for 12 years and cancer can disturb our time. I think of Trey being in high school, his senior year in high school. You got so much going on and so busy. And, and, and this thing called cancer comes in and it creeps in. And the next thing you know, you're devoting all of your time to it. I mean, has anybody ever watched somebody go through cancer treatments? A lot of times they have to go and stay away from their home down at the, down at the hotel or down at the hospital or wherever they are, spend long term in the hospital. Sue was in the, uh, down there at Baptist for so long. Miss uh, Renee has to go down so often to go down and get those treatments. I mean, cancer can disrupt our plans, disturb our time, and we see that right here in this story this morning. This woman had been dealing with this issue for 12 years. So cancer... It can disrupt our time. But cancer also can disturb our status. This woman here with an issue of blood, the Bible says that it had been going on for 12 years. Now, this woman's condition made her religiously unclean. We don't know exactly what was going on, but we do know when the Bible defines that she had an issue of blood, that under the Jewish law, this woman was considered religiously unclean and could not participate in the religious rituals that would go on in the temple. So it disturbed her status. 
But not only that, this issue of blood probably meant that she could not bear children. Now, I know in our society today, uh, having children's not held high up on the status list. Though it ought to be, amen. Though it ought to be, amen. Though it ought to be, amen. But this, uh, this woman couldn't have children. Well, in that day, if a woman couldn't have children, I, I mean, that was frowned upon. And, and oftentimes she'd be looked uh, uh, down on and, and she'd be set aside or be separated from people in society. So it upset, it disturbed her status. She lost that among women in her society. Well, some things that are should not be. And oftentimes people with cancer have to deal with those issues of, you know, they, they carry this thing. Perhaps it's a physical issue that the cancer has brought about or, or because of the treatment that it's brought about. And, and sometimes because of that, people will, will kind of walk away from them or turn away from them. Maybe they just don't know what to say. But it's something that people have to deal with with this thing called cancer. Sometimes this thing called sin, a disease, can infect a person's life and disturb their status. I've seen that happen time and time and time again. It can do that. I want to say this, though. We've got to be very careful when we're watching people go through difficulties of life and not, uh, and, and not be holier than thou and lay what's going on in their life as on the result of sin in their life. There's a perfect story about that in the Bible in John chapter number 9. You know, they come to Jesus and there was this man and he had been born uh, with a physical ailment and they said to Jesus, hey, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither did he sin nor his parents sin, but that the glory of God may be made manifest. You see, there was a healing coming and Jesus understood that. So this man had been born blind so people could see the glory of God. And listen, I don't know why people go through the difficulties of sickness in their life, but one thing I know is a possibility. It could be that God's glory is shining and through and in some way when I think about Renee and how she's encouraged me and how I know she's encouraged other people around here with her faithfulness her steadfastness I'm going to tell you something in eternity people are going to stand back and they're going to say why I didn't understand all of that I may not uh, realize why it was going on boy you know what there's somebody in heaven today because they're standing on the earth, uh, edge and they didn't know what to do but when I saw her facing the difficulties of life and her faith stood strong it caused me to say well maybe there's something to this thing called Christianity praise God listen that ought to put a smile on your face this morning that no matter what you're going through God could be using it to change a life God could be using you somebody's watching you wondering how am I going to get through this difficulty how am I going to face tomorrow and because what he's doing in your life somebody somebody might cross over from that place called death to life and listen if it takes that if it takes me suffering if it takes me going through something but somebody can get to heaven through it I say praise God praise God praise God praise God that he'll be glorified and when we get to heaven even those going through it will say it was worth it amen it can disturb our status but not only that it can disturb your finances anybody that's ever been sick understands that the Bible says here that this woman had spent everything that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now, I don't read that as an indictment of the doctors of her day. Listen, I think doctors ought to be paid well. 
They put a lot, a lot, a lot of years to get to where they are so that they can treat diseases. But it's expensive when you get sick and it can disturb your finances. The question is, do we depend on finances or we depend on the God of the finances? Amen. It can disturb our strength. Look what it says here in verse 26. She had suffered many things and many physicians, spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now I want to stop right there and say this. Sometimes we can pray, go to the best doctors in the world, and the person doesn't get better. They get worse. And, and in that, we simply have to trust that God is using our testimony to bring himself glory and that ultimately whatever we're going through, even when it gets worse and saps our strength mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, that God has a plan and he's working it all out for his glory. I think about, uh, you know how I love history. Winston Churchill there, France had already been defeated. I'm telling you, uh, Hitler had walked to, through the French army like a troop of Boy Scouts. I mean, like they wasn't even there and whooped them. He had whooped Belgium. He had whooped Norway. Uh, I mean, all, everybody he come against and all you had standing over there in Europe was this little old island nation uh, called Britain. And it looked bad for them. Things had got started out bad and along that process they had gotten worse and worse and worse. But I want to want you to hear this morning. Winston Churchill gave a speech to Parliament after France fell. Hitler was preparing to invade England. What General Wigan has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be freed and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlight, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and to so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. So what do I say to that this morning, church? You're going through a battle. So bear yourself. Stand up to the enemy. Trust that God is at work in your life so that men will say, this, this tragedy, this heartache, this heartbreak was your finest hour. And I promise you people will see that and they will respond to that even though cancer can sap our strength. Paul said concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Cancer is a challenge. And it can do some things. But number two, there's some things that it cannot do. I want to share those with you this morning, church. And I want you to... Uh, uh, just do this before I go, go into that. I'm not going to take long going through these because you already know them. Do something for me. Smile. Listen, laugh a little bit. Hey, it's okay if you want to jump up and praise the God this morning. If he's done something in your life. Listen, there's things that cancer can do. There's things sin can do. There's things sickness can do. But there's some things that it cannot do. I want to share those with you quickly. Number one, cancer cannot destroy your faith. This woman had been battling this thing for 12 years, yet when she saw Jesus, when she came into the presence of Jesus, she understood that she was in the presence of someone who could do something about whatever it was that she found herself in. And that's, that's a message to you this morning. No matter what's going on in your life, you're in the presence of someone this morning Hey, can do something about where you are, what's going on in your life, and cancer, disease, sickness, sin cannot destroy your faith. Only you can give that up. Amen. Cancer cannot destroy your face. faith. Cancer can't destroy love. I love how Jesus says to this woman here in this story. He calls her daughter. That's a, that's a term of endearment. He wanted her to know that, yes, you've been sick, but I want to tell you something. I still love you, and God wants you to know something this morning. Paul said, I, you've heard me talk about reading to my grandpa how he was laying there on his deathbed, and I read to him, Romans chapter uh, number 8, what can separate us from the love of God? Well, I could go on, I could read all them things, but let me just summarize it uh, for you this morning. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God. So even if we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil because the love of God is right there with us, walking with us, and it's going to strengthen us to get through that valley. So no disease, no cancer can destroy love this morning but I'm going to close with this cancer ain't got nothing on eternity whatever battle you find yourself in this morning we must be aware that we live on this time side of eternity you know what's amazing to me for a long time scientists said the, the, uh, the universe was eternal and it had just always been, you know, it would always be, and nothing, you know, would ever change in that. And then they come up with this thing called Big Bang Theory. Uh, anybody ever heard of that? Raise your hand. I, you know what? I like the Big Bang Theory. I really do. God said, let there be light, and bang, there was light. Hey, men. Hey. But you know what? When they did that, they had to make a concession. That time is not eternal. That it's a construct. That time is a created thing. Time has not always been. Time began, whether you say God said let there be light and bang there was light or you believe whatever and something just out of nothing something exploded, time came into being. But you know what? I'm just an old redneck country boy and I ain't too smart, but I can figure out a few things. I know that if something is created, there has to be a creator. 
So if time is something that did not always exist and came into being, there must be something outside of time. The Bible calls that eternity. And I want to tell you something. I hope one day they cure cancer. But if they do, something else will get people. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. You see, this woman that Jesus healed in this story this morning, sooner or later they had a funeral for her. The good news to that is, is that cancer, heart disease, sin, sickness, the hate that so fills this world that we live in today, the murderousness that comes out of the heart of men is limited by time. And it cannot cross over into eternity. You see, cancer cannot do anything to destroy our eternity. Well, Jesus said something like this. He that liveth and believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. What did he mean? What was he saying there? Well, we're going to face a physical death one day. But then we'll stand outside of time in that place that only God has ever inhabited. And in that place outside of time called eternity where time is no more, those things that had bothered us, those things that had followed us, those things that we just couldn't knock or get rid of won't be there. The Bible says there'll be no tears, no crying, no sorrow, no suffering over there. But I want to remind you something as I close. That's only for the Christian. That's only for the person who knows the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if you step out of time into eternity without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, cancer is the least of your worries. Amen. So I challenge you this morning, if you're here, if you're here this morning, know that there's things cancer can do, but there's a whole lot that cancer can't do. And God's bigger than cancer, and God can take care of it. But if you're here this morning, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, now I'm not talking about you've made some little profession with your mouth that wasn't big enough to change your life. I'm talking about if you really have placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to grant you, if you uh, eternity. If you've never done that this morning, I'm going to ask you to get up where you stand, and you come, or where you're seated, and you come up and you say, Preacher, I want to be say today I want to place all that I am and all that I ever hope to be in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ that can heal and issue blood that can raise the dead that can create a universe and that can take me into eternity and get me to heaven to be with him forever that's what I want to do this morning as you stand listen don't leave this place sad today don't leave this place I look around this room and I'm going to tell you what you think Jesus didn't get up from the dead I want to tell you something we ought to be a, a, a happy people this morning because he did get up the tomb's empty he's conquered death and we ought to live like it I'm sweating so bad good gracious you'd think I'd run a marathon somebody needs to make something right with the Lord today don't leave this place said it would let's pray Father we love you we thank you for this time you've given us together this morning God we thank you that Lord we don't have to fear what the doctor may tell us Lord we don't even have to fear what tomorrow holds because you hold tomorrow and you've conquered our greatest enemy. So God help us to live in that victory to simply trust you and Father then in that trusting and that victory let the world see that you're on the throne and we'll praise you for it in Jesus name. Amen.